Welcome to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. We hope that God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Mike McGowan. Good morning. Welcome to Parkway Fellowship. I'm so glad that you're here today because today we're wrapping up this message series, Never the Same Again. It's only been a three-week series, which we started on Easter Sunday, and uh, today we reached the final conclusion of this series. And I'm telling you, the things that, that, um, that God has shown us during this series, the truth is, they have the potential to change our lives more than probably any series we've done in quite a while. Why? Because after the resurrection of Jesus, when the disciples encountered him, their lives were never the same again. Because look, you got to remember that until Jesus was re- resurrected, okay, there was no Christianity, okay? There were no churches, there were no followers, there were no denominations, there was no pope, okay? There was nothing. But after the disciples encountered Jesus, after he rose again, Christianity exploded. Why? Because this whole idea of like never the same again, like that's more than just, you know, some kind of a catchy phrase, okay? It changed their lives. And because it was after that that the disciples, they finally understood what Jesus had been trying to tell them for three years. And finally, they understood who he was, why he had to be crucified, and why he rose again, okay? They had a, ah, now I understand kind of moment. You ever had one of those before? Yeah. You know, like, ha- like have you ever preached a Mother's Day sermon to like 2,000 people and gone home and realized you forgot to get your wife a Mother's Day card? That ever happened to you? Is that just me? Okay. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, that's a, ah, now I understand kind of moment. I can promise you that, okay? But I, that's not really what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is when you have those spiritual moments with God. I had one of those um, a few months back. I'm, you know, I was, just, I was just reading my Bible, uh, not in preparation for any message or anything like that, but just for my own personal spiritual growth. So I'm reading my Bible, and I, I, I know I have read that, that passage, this passage before, but I'm telling you, that day when I read it, I'm telling you, it just jumped off the page, literally it just jumped all over me. And, and I, as I sat there, I, I realized like, Ah, now I understand. And that passage is the exact same passage that we're going to look at today. And so when I read that passage, I'm telling you, it, it changed my approach to how I read the Bible. It has changed how I pray before I come out and speak. It has changed, it, it's, it's changed my own personal life, and it's going to continue to do so. Because I'm telling you, from that point forward, that passage has made it so that I am never the same again. And the truth is, that's what I hope for all of us. Because, honestly, isn't that the point of coming to church? I mean, the point of coming to church is not so that, like, we can check an attendance box and so we can hand God uh, an attendance chart someday, right? Right? It's not so that we can come and be seen by other people. It's not so that we can just kind of come and hear motivational talks so we can just, you know, make it through the week. Although, I'll be honest with you, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. The reason why we come to church is so that we can connect with God 
and so that God can change our lives little by little every single week so that we are never the same again, right? I mean, that's, that's why we come. And here's the thing, if that doesn't happen, the truth is we run the danger that for us in our own personal lives that we eventually find church and God and Christianity hollow and meaningless. And we'll eventually get to the point in our lives where we just go, now why am I doing all this again? But you know what, God doesn't want that. He doesn't want that for you. He doesn't want that for me. He doesn't want that for any of us. And through the encounter that we're going to look at today, okay, God changed the course of the original disciples, and he can change the course of our lives too. Because get this, before this encounter that we're going to look at today, the disciples, they were scared. They were confused. They had no direction on what to do next because Jesus, the guy that they had left everything to follow around for the last three years, was dead. And I mean, they saw him die. They saw him crucified on the cross. They saw them put his body into the tomb. They saw him, they saw them seal that tomb with a gigantic stone. But it didn't say sealed. Because on the, early on the morning of the third day, Jesus rose again. And after Jesus rose, he appeared to the disciples three different times, and all within the span of about a week. And it was after those three encounters with Jesus that the disciples were never the same again. And after the encounter that we're going to look at today, the disciples finally, look, they finally understood what Jesus had been telling them for three years. They had their, ah, now I understand moment. So go ahead and pull out your message notes. Let's ask this question. What can I do to have, ah, now I understand moments with God? Well, the truth is, there's only one thing. This is our only point for the day. It is our only action point for the day, and that is this. I need to pray for God to open my mind. I need to pray for God to open my mind. Now, let me give you the context of this passage that we're about to read so that you'll see how it, you know, kind of fits in the chronology of what happened. Early in the morning, on this very same day, Jesus rose from the dead. But the disciples didn't know it yet. And yes, Peter and John, they ran to the tomb, and they found it empty. But their first thought was that somebody had stolen the body of Jesus. Okay, their first thought was not that he had risen from the dead. Later in the afternoon, on that very same day, Jesus appears to two guys walking down a dirt road, to the town called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. We talked about that encounter last week. Well, after those guys encountered Jesus, these two guys, they run back to Jerusalem seven miles, and they find the 11 disciples in, the up, in a place called the upper room, and they tell them that they've just seen Jesus and that he's alive. And it's at that point that we have this encounter, okay? So, Let's look at it. It's in Luke chapter 24, verse 36. It says, while they were still talking about this, so the 11 and the two guys, they're still talking about the fact that Jesus had had this encounter with them on the dirt road. Get this. Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. Now, if you remember that from Easter, basically Jesus 
says one word. He says, shalom, which means peace. And in this context, it means don't freak out. Because look at verse 37. They were startled and frightened, thinking they, had, they saw a ghost. Okay, so like, they were about to freak out. And so he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I, myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it, because of joy and amazement. Okay, now pause for a second. See, the, look, the disciples, they were, they were so emotional in that moment that like none of it just seemed real. And so Jesus decides to do something like pretty mundane to kind of bring them back down so that all this will sink in, so that they'll see that he's real and that he's not a ghost. And so he asked them, you got anything here to eat? <laughs> I love it. Uh, they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Okay, now, this next part is the part that I want you to underline, okay? This is the part that jumped off the page at me, that has changed me, continues to change me, and this is what changed the disciples so that they were never the same again. It's verse 45, underline it. It says, then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Now can you imagine being there? Okay, the door is locked. There's no way in or out. We, we find that from John's account of this, you know, same encounter here. And then Jesus just, stand, just shows up. Like he just materializes, you know, right in front of him. And, and because, of the, because of what happens, and he shows up, he says Jesus begins to open their minds so that they can understand the scriptures and what they mean. Like, so for the very first time, like, they get it. Like, how incredible would that be? See, because here's the thing. It was plain and clear in the Bible that the Christ, okay, and now the word Christ is just the Greek word for Messiah, okay? It's not Jesus' last name, okay? In the Bible, it's plain and clear that the Christ had to suffer, die, and rise again. But like the disciples, like they, like they didn't see that, okay? They just didn't get it until now, until Jesus opened their minds, and so then it all made sense. Now, for those of you, look, for those of you that have been in church with, you know, any regularity, have you ever been sitting in church and, you know, listening to a message, and then all of a sudden, like, the scripture that's being read and you know you've read it before. You, know, you might have even heard sermons on it before. But that scripture, that day, it just jumps off the page at you. Like, now it becomes so much more meaningful. And now, because God's using it to change your life. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah, look, that's exactly what these guys were experiencing. Because, you know, when that happens, like, you wonder, like, how did I miss that? But 
It's because God has opened your mind, and so now you get it, and it makes sense. And so you know what? Whenever I sit down to read my Bible, not, not to prepare for a message, not to do anything like that, but when I just sit down with my Bible, and I'm just reading it just for my own personal spiritual growth, now I always pray, God, open my mind so that I can understand the Scriptures. I pray, God, open my mind so that I can understand the scriptures. And I'm telling you, when I pray that, I believe that he does. Because look, you'll, you, you would never pray that prayer unless you were really serious about changing, right? You never pray that prayer unless you really mean it and you really want to never be the same again. So I wanna challenge you. Pray this prayer. Before you go to small group, before you come to church, before you ever read your Bible on your own, I want you to pray and say, God, open my mind so that I can understand the scriptures. And I'm telling you, God will. And when he does, he puts you in a place where you can be changed and you will never be the same again. And by the way, I've already prayed that for you today. I've already prayed this for you today. In fact, every time before I come out to speak, I always pray for you, and now I always pray for you. God, open their minds so that they can understand the scriptures. Because I want all of us, every time we come, to never be the same again, right? Now, praying this prayer has two, like, really big benefits. There are two huge benefits from praying this prayer. These are your bullet points, so I want you to write these down. Here's the first one. The first benefit is this, is that changes in my life will last. They'll last. Now, listen, why do you think Jesus prayed to open up their minds and not open up their hearts? Because, like, it would make more sense to open up their hearts that way, you know, they could be moved and they could be motivated to make some changes. Because, like, isn't that how we think and how we talk, right? That, hey, if, you know, we wanted to make a change, like, we need to change our hearts. So, look, if you were going to change someone's life so that they were never the same again, would you choose to open up their mind or would you choose to open up their heart? Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, oh, well, Mike, I mean, I would totally choose to open up their mind. Now, Mike, I have no idea why, but I can tell by the way you're talking that that's the right answer, so I'm going with the mind, right? Okay. Well, listen, let me tell you why. The reason why is because it's your mind, not your heart, that is at the center of every lasting and meaningful change that you have ever made in your entire life. For instance... The, the people who lose weight and are able to keep it off are the people who have had a change in their mindset about how they view food and how they view exercise. That they no longer view sweets as something that's like really yummy. They view sweets as something that's harmful to their body. They don't view exercise as something that they dread because oh, it's so hard. They view exercise as something they need to do in order to stay fit and to stay strong and to continue to be young. So they've had that mindset change. And by the way, get this. That's why people who choose to exercise and go on a diet because of what they saw in an infomercial 
almost always fail. Because when they look at that infomercial, you know, they get all pumped up and they get all excited. They're like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And they're all motivated. And so they you know, get online and they order all this equipment. They order all these videos. And then literally one month later, that treadmill is being used as a drying rack for clothes. Right? I know. I've been to some of your homes. I've seen it. Okay? It's true. Because that change was made with the heart, not with the mind. And look, God very well might be calling some of you to make some, you know, exercise and diet changes. But honestly, I am, I just use that as an example because I am primarily talking about the commitments that God asks all of his Christ followers to make. But the truth is, most people have difficulty making these commitments last because they tend to make them with their heart and not with their mind. Commitments like, God, I will worship you when times are good and when times are bad. That no matter my circumstances, I will not waver in my commitment to trust you, to follow you, or to worship you. Commitments like, God, for me, marriage is for a lifetime, and divorce is off the table. Now, God does say that in the case of adultery, that divorce is permissible, but other than that, it's off the table. Or commitments like, God, I am committed to being sexually pure until I'm married, and sexually faithful after I'm married. Or this commitment, God, I will follow your directions about money, especially when it comes to debt and tithing to my church. I'll follow you. Or, God, I'm willing to bring all of my fears and my worries and my anxieties to you and just giving it to you because I want to be controlled by you and not by fear and anxiety and worry. How about that commitment? You see, look, when, when God opens your mind and you, and you see what he says and you see why he says it, then you'll be able to make these commitments and, and others because you'll be able to say, ah, I, now I understand. And get this, those changes in your life will last because they might start with your heart, but they're not made only with your heart. They're made because now in your mind you have understood because God has opened the scriptures and those types of changes last, right? Huge benefit. Next huge benefit is this. God will use my life to change other lives. The other benefit is that God will use my life to change other lives. Look how this passage that we looked at ends. It's a, let's, so let's read verse 47 again. It says, And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Now, remember, the room is, only, is filled only with the 11 disciples and these two guys that were on the road to Emmaus. And that, as far as we know, that's all that's in the room. So, bottom line, who is Jesus talking to that's going to start preaching to the world? Yeah, it's just these guys. And by the way, these guys are not 
paid professionals. These are just ordinary, like average guys, just like you and just like me. And so, you know, bottom line, the expectation is from Jesus is that it's we. That we, his followers, we're the ones that are supposed to tell other people about Jesus. And by the way, that includes me because I'm a follower of Jesus long before I'm a pastor for Jesus. So all of us are supposed to tell other people about Jesus. Now look, the expectation is not that you like go to the food court, stand on a big box or stand on a table, and just shout out to everybody, hey, turn or burn! Like, I don't know. First off, people might think you're talking about what happens if you eat the Szechuan chicken. But that's, that is not what Jesus has in mind here, okay? What he's, what he's really talking about, what he's really asking, and look, and th- this is really important. You need to understand this. I only want to write this down. Here's the thing. Your life makes the message of Christ believable or not believable. How you live makes the message of Christ believable or not believable. Look, and look, we already know that. Like, we already know this. Because when we look at you know, celebrities or, you know, high-profile political figures who claim to be Christ followers, and when they do something that's not, like, very Christ follower-ish, like, here's, look, we don't say, oh, you know what, that's okay, everybody makes mistakes. No, we don't say that. We look at them, we go, liar, you're not really a Christ follower because of how you live, right? That's what we say to them, and get this, People who are not Christ followers, they look at those people and they say, you know what, Jesus clearly didn't work for them. Jesus clearly didn't work for her. And if they see it enough, they eventually reach the conclusion, well, I guess Jesus doesn't really work for anyone. He's not real. And Christianity is not real. But look, that's where your life comes in. That's where your life can make a huge difference. See, that's where God can use your life to change their life. Because, you know, that person can look at your life and they can see the changes that God has made in you that have lasted. And maybe that person knew you before you were a Christ follower. Maybe not, doesn't matter. But they can look at your life and see how God has changed you and how you live differently. And look, how do you argue with that? Like, how, how do you refute a changed life? You can't. So look, it starts when you will pray regularly, God, open my mind so that I can understand the scriptures. Start by praying that. Now, implied in that is that you actually do read the scriptures, okay? So you have to do that as well. And if you don't know where to start in reading the Bible, I always recommend that, you know, you know people that are new to this, start with the book of Mark. It's the second book of the New Testament. It's only 16 chapters long. It's short, so if you read a chapter a day, you're done in just about two weeks. And by the way, a chapter, it's, it's only about a page. It's not like a chapter in a novel, okay? So it's very, very readable, very, very doable. But pray, God, open my mind so that I can understand the scriptures. So look, I'm asking everybody today to pray two things. I want you to pray two things. The first thing I want you to pray is this, 
is that if you're not a Christ follower, I want you to pray the prayer to become one. So look, if you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life to forgive you and then pledge to follow him, look, you have to start there because you can't have a relationship with God until you become a follower of God. See, because it's your sin and it's my sin that, um, that separates us from God, that prevents us from having a relationship with him here on this earth and prevents us from going to heaven when we die. Look, and that, that's why Jesus had to die on a cross, so that his death could pay the penalty for your sin, for my sin, for the sins of the world. And so when he paid that penalty, then that enabled him to offer you his forgiveness. So would you accept it? If you've never accepted the forgiveness of Jesus, you do that by praying a very simple prayer. And that prayer is written at the bottom of your message notes. If you've never prayed that prayer before in your life, that's the first thing you gotta do. You gotta pray that prayer. Now, for everybody else that has already prayed that prayer, you don't, if you've done it before, you don't have to do it again. You've, if you've already prayed that prayer, you don't need to do it again. So for you, pray the second thing. And that is, God, open my mind so that I can understand the scriptures. I'm telling you, when you pray that, you put yourself in a place where God can change your life. It might start with moving it, movement in your heart, but if it never makes it to changing the way you think about something and how you, what your choices are, I'm telling you, that change will never last. But if you'll begin to pray, God, open my mind, I'm telling you, the changes that God makes in your life, they will last. And when they last, that offers proof to a watching world that, hey, Jesus is real because he's really changed me. And he continues to really change me, and he can change you as well. Because I, from that point forward, have never been the same again. Because you've allowed him to change your life. Would you make that commitment? It starts by praying a very simple prayer. I'm telling you what, I will pray that for you every week. Would you make the choice to pray it for yourself? And that starts you down a road, the same road the disciples were on, and they were never the same again. And you won't be either. So, I like everybody. Bow your head, close your eyes. Let me pray for all of us. Father, I want to say thank you that this prayer is not just for the spiritually elite of our world, that it's for all of us. And so, God, I pray that those, of you, th those people that come to you and that are serious and that legitimately pray, God, open my mind so that I can understand the scriptures, God, that you would, and that you would use that very simple prayer to start them down a road where their lives would change. Not because they're motivated, but because they are truly changed from the inside. And so I pray for every single person listening to me, today, that they would have the courage to pray that prayer consistently. And God, through it all, that you would use us to change our part of the world, and so that we and other people are never the same again. And bring us back next week, Father, so that we can continue to learn more and to be changed by you. And we ask you to do this in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com. 
You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more.